1: Live. A.U.N. American Underground Network.
2: The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, though the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar? The public, or the godfather?
3: All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square, or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in, and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs.
2: My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome.
4: It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit, Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart.
3: Hey, thank you, everyone. Um, Just recovering from... uh, about of the flu, uh, it took place the day before my birthday on Saturday. <clears throat> my birthday was so Super Bowl Sunday, and I just just starting to feel back to normal. We had uh, Steve's birthday last week, my birthday was was Sunday, Dee Dee's birthday was Tuesday, so happy birthday, one and all for this week. You know, we are so uh, blessed to have this call every week and to hear and share the energies and the voices and the stories of some so many wonderful people including some regular listeners who've been on who've been with us for a long long time uh, Rebecca Campbell qualifies as as uh, a very senior presenter listener and supporter of this call for many many years uh, and she's going to come on and, and spend the first part of the the, the call um, just updating us from her perspective, on the tenor and the tone and the status of of things in, in the in the emerging uh, <clears throat> change that's taking place out there, and and there's something going on with Trump, the rise of Trump, uh, the installation of Trump in that position. We're not quite sure, but he's attacking the CDC. Uh, he's 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 uh, you know ra- 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 raising a war against vaccines and, and uh, just doing a lot of things of uh, building the wall. I don't know what you want to call this, but something's going on with this Trump effect. And I've asked Rebecca to kind of connect the dots through that effect uh, in the first uh, hour of the show. In the second hour, we're blessed to have back Melinda Kula to update us on all of her many projects, including the, the main one, which is the case of uh, the murder of Joan Benet Ramsey. And uh, uh, she's in the wings right now. Thank you both for coming on, guys. And uh, Melinda's will be second. But, Rebecca, thank you. It sounded like your your voice was okay on the cell, Rebecca. And uh, how are you doing? So pretty well. Um,
0: I uh, wanted to let you know also that I'm I'm dealing with um, some sort of allergy. So if I'm okay. coughing, I've got water here, but I'm not particularly ill. But I'm I'm having some sort of allergic reaction. My nose is kind of running like a faucet.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> so,
0: but I, I mean, I'm all right other than that. But I'm just letting you know if I cough, that's what's going on. Oh, okay. Also, okay. Happy, happy belated birthday, Dee I I totally, I got to Fred. I, I totally forgot yours.
1: Oh, well, thank you, dear. I appreciate that. I'm sorry.
0: Because I know you were within a day or two of Fred, but it, somehow it just completely escaped me. I'm usually good with birthdays, but I forgot.
1: Yeah, and Steve's, Steve's is the, uh, the first, in Fred's of <clears> and Fred's the fifth. Oh, my
0: God. Three Aquarians within a few days of each other. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: actually. Uh, Rebecca my uh my father's mother's birthday was the 4th 4th of February my mother's <laughs> father's birthday is the 6th of February <laughs> wow my husband's birthday is the 6th of February the 6th oh, isn't oh that is it the 6th yeah <laughs> is there so there's something? a lot of
0: it, and my late partners it was a he was in it wasn't in February, it was in January thirty first John Rogers who you had heard on the call. Oh yeah, John. He was uh, an Aquarian then. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah he was an Aquarian. <laughs> so I so I'm kind of the lonely Leo who's uh in complimentary aspect to all these Aquarians. Yeah. It can be a compliment complimentary. When rather Rebecca, than,
3: when's your birthday, Rebecca? When's your birthday? I'm
0: I'm a Leo but I'm right at the the very very end of Leo but I'm a double Leo. So I've got I've got, like I have strong Leo aspects, I've got a Cetelium of planets, but I've also got a Cetelium of Virgo. So I've got, you know, the the ability to speak, the ability to be outer and perform and, uh, you know, dramatic and so forth, but then, uh, and and big picture, but then I also have the Virgo ability with words, being precise, service-oriented, critical thinking and all that sort of thing. I'm a blend of the two. (laughs) Interesting. So um, we'll, so as I understand it, you wanted me to talk about a Gemini <laughs> named Donald Trump who's got a strong Leo, uh, which shouldn't be any great surprise given how he comes off, and he's got a very definite mane. Uh, he's got it rising. It governs his physical presence and the way, you know, his body and so forth. So I, he's a classic Leo rising like I am.
1: Anyway, That's funny, um, Becca, I just have to say, Fred and I both have Leo Risings, too. <laughs> wow, what a
0: surprise! <laughs> but anyway, go on. Anybody, even I would say, there's a tremendous number of people if they're not who are actors or in the public eye that if they do not have Leo or if they're not Leos, they have it Rising. Yeah. There's a huge number of um, Hollywood actors, stage actors, you know, etc who are in the public eye and other types of, you know, public, you know, athletes and so forth. And there's a disproportionate number that are in the public eye that speak and so forth that have Leo rising. It's a very common thing.
1: Mm. Anyway, go ahead. All
0: right. So anyway, Trump um, is a Gemini. Like Janice, he has two faces. And besides Obama, who I still haven't been able to totally get a beat on, which is, He's the exception of anybody in, since I've been alive that I haven't been able to like read. Trump I can e- read easier, but he's he's got the two sides, so it makes it very confusing. On the one hand, and I, I also hasten to mention that I did not vote for Trump. I did not vote for Clinton. I did not vote for Sanders or anyone. I didn't vote for anyone on the federal level because I don't believe that it's functioning at this point. It's a private for-profit corporation, and it's unbelievably corrupt so i i voted at the local level and regional level and on issues but i did not vote I, I decided i would remain in observer mode and so i'm trying to be as objective as possible and give people the benefit of the doubt but on the other hand they need to be held accountable all right so on one hand and this is a great blessing no matter what else you might say about donald trump is he's not hillary clinton <laughs> and if we and I and I knew from all my analysis Amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: Right. And I knew from all my analysis and my years of following Hillary Clinton particularly, that if she had gotten in, we would have we would we would now be in much greater danger than we are now. Far more great far greater danger. And the comparison I would initially come up with, and I just mentioned this to a friend who I think on the call, another Leo. Uh, <laughs>
3: um
0: is uh it, between Hillary and and Donald, it's kind of a c- comparing. Uh, if you want to deal with Don Vito Corleone, who who might have killed, you had a done done a lot of illegal deals and this sort of thing, and maybe had up to a hundred people killed, and then Hillary Clinton, who's had many thousands of people killed directly or indirectly, and then right around her, several hundred. So so you, so, so you, and and you could compare her to say Stalin as opposed to Don Vito Corleone. So. We're dealing with that. Trump, while he's, he's doing certain things that we would applaud, such those of us who are, who are independent thinkers and are more aware of the bigger picture happening in the world right now, things like the, the, the Vaccine Investigation Commission with Robert Kennedy, F. Kennedy Jr., um, you know, questioning a lot of different, oh, the, the whole climate change, Agenda 21, where he's, he's defunding a lot of that. Hopefully that will that will have an effect on the smart meter agenda, the smart grid agenda, the 5G, which is really dangerous. That just got through, rammed through the um, the FCC, and it's it's a whole transhumanist agenda, which is satanic. Um, the the Pizzagate with Sessions just coming in this week, squeaking by. That that may have, you know, a great effect on on actually being able to to actually investigate Pizzagate officially. Rather than the really fine investigative work being done by the, the voluntary internet sleuths and the networks you know doing, doing this because it hasn't been officially launched, although the FBI knows a lot about it and has been leaking a lot of things about it as you, as you probably are already aware so so're we're, so we're, um, he seems to be genuine there's a part of him and again he's double that two sides a part of him really loves America and I, I saw or, or I listened to David Hall Oates, who's the, probably the world's leading practitioner of reverse speech analysis. And I saw, no, I listened to a number of these programs, particularly on with Jeff Renz. And and earlier, when all the candidates, you know, of, of which there were a multitude that I'd never seen in my lifetime either, um, they there were reverse speech, there were speech reversals done on all of them. But he did, he concentrated for obvious reasons, on on Sanders, Clinton, and Trump, but even more so on Clinton and Trump later. And all of them, other than Trump, had inconsistencies. Or, uh, you know, things like with Hillary. I mean, Hillary was the most remarkable in this because all these speech reversals, and if you've heard it done, it's the subconscious or superconscious speaking and it's it's much more elementary in the way it uses words. It uses primitive images and this sort of thing. No, right. wait a minute. But
3: Rebecca, you're talking about taking somebody's speech and then reversing it and doing an analysis?
0: Right. You probably first heard about this, like, wow. in the mid-'60s <sighs> where there were all these rumors about the Beatles, and if you listened to their music, you could hear a whole other message. Yeah. Well, that turned out to be real. And... and uh, and Oates took it really seriously. So he's the pioneer in the field. And and actually, this and Melinda will and everybody listening will be very interested in this because one of the shows I heard, and this is more of a miscellaneous program, he did speech reversals on um, uh, the, uh, Patsy and John Ramsey and the brother. And it's almost like a lie detector because you can actually hear when you reverse the speech what the person is actually thinking. And um, I also saw an incredible show with um, three of the the greatest scholars about the Kennedy assassination, Jim Fetzer, Jim Mars, and Douglas, the guy who wrote the... I I can't remember the name of the book, but anyway, three of them were the greatest scholars on this, and they had Oates, and then they played the different tapes of of secret conversations between uh, LBJ and Hoover, that had been released from the National Archives. They had tapes with Kennedy, um, Lee Harvey Oswald, Jack Ruby, and all the leading figures you would think of, G- Garrison, and they solved the Kennedy murder just by listening to the reverse speech. You could tell that all these theories that, that the, the, the Mark Lane and Douglas and all these different people, Fetzer, all these different things, they were absolutely correct in their analysis. So anyway, Trump was the only one Hillary was getting clean variation that is, I am evil, I have done evil, horrible me. I mean, the, all these negative things, negative wow. subconscious self-talk was coming out with Hillary and these others and, and Bernie Sanders didn't seem as evil but he was like really conflicted uh, you know, about what he had to do to, you know, to stay afloat in the yeah. totally corrupt party. And so his, his uh, reverse speech reflected that. So I would say he and Trump came off the best. But Trump came off by far the best because there was no incons- there were no inconsistencies. See, over, over and over you, again, you got, God bless America. I love America. They may wow. attack me, but I love America. There were just all these messages that the forward speech and the backward speech were completely consistent. So I heard this, and I know there's a part of Trump that's sincere. All right. But on the other hand, and I just mentioned some of the positive things that we would agree with. Yep. You you see, um, and then there's a middle area, a gray area, and I'll get to that third. Part two is, if you do any research, and I went ahead and I, and I actually sent you some of the research that I did, I did like a compilation, and part of this was uh, The Guardian doing the shorter versions of this, and then a longer, very studious article by Chalmers Johnston, one of the leading scholars in the United States, historians who, does, who won the Pulitzer Prize a number of times, <coughs> and he did an analysis of Trump. So and the, and then they did the shorter articles in the in the Guardian or Mail the Daily Mail in U, in the UK. So anyway,
3: this detailed all of the. And it is true, and it's very verifiable. And, I,
0: you know, if you want more details, I can get into that. But he, uh, what's his name, Tony? Fat Tony was his name. And in the indictments against Fat Tony, he was part of the Gen- Genovese family. It began, his last name begins with an S. It all came out that he had helped Trump build the Trump Tower by building it with concrete without any steel in it so that it kept it within the purview of the unions that Tony whatever his name is and Paul Castellano, his partner, controlled and then they, were, they would keep the concrete flowing so that Trump did not go bankrupt because he was kind of close to the edge at that point before the Trump Tower was built. And then he knew he would be able to pull out some profitability but he wouldn't make a cent if, if the building didn't get built within the stated period of time. So they helped him with that. And Roy Cohn, who is like, who is, I think he was a Satanist, personally, a Zionist Satanist, he was able to pull all these strings to help Trump, who was essentially his protege. And over and over again, he had all these contacts in the unions, the corrupt union officials, the, the mafia figures who, who, were, who had paid off the union officials, uh, Russian mobsters. I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, he has a... And I also say to be in the construction industry, but particularly the gambling industry, I don't see how you would do it if you're if you're totally clean. Apparently, Trump, on a personal level, he doesn't drink or do drugs at all, which I would say is very much in his favor. It would it would make him clearer thinking, you know, or he tend to be, um, and that you know, and you know the, the virtues that would come from that. However, he 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 is he may have a sexual addiction, and he definitely has a narcissistic personality. So so he did try to bed married women. He did make those those comments that got recorded, and some of that's sort of comparable to John F. Kennedy. Although, you know, I think Kennedy was was much more um, in the way he presented himself. I think Kennedy tended to be far more sophisticated and and gentlemanly in the way he chivalrous in the in the way he he dealt with women and the way he dealt with the public. I, I, um, Trump doesn't strike me as that sophisticated, and and he strikes me as a—I'm being a, a bit, you know, humorous here—a a ba- spoiled baby Huey wearing a suit and tie, doing tantrums all the time. And he—he <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't have like another person that I would—I would contrast him with, who, who's very much alive at this point—is Putin, because Putin is a spiritually disciplined individual. He's a—he's a, he's a um, martial arts master. He's spiritual. He, he, he doesn't make a big deal out of it, but he's a devout member of the Russian Orthodox Church and the esoteric orders in the church. Um, he's p- connected to the secret space program on the Earth Alliance. We'll get into that later if you want to talk about it. And that's probably going to come out under Trump if he lasts that long. Trump may be the person. Obama didn't do it. He was supposed to, but Trump may actually do the disclosure on that. Anyhow, Putin is a, con- is a contrast because he's very sophisticated, very suave. He doesn't lose his temper. To me... That is, is more of a indicative of a spiritually mature, self-mastered individual than somebody who's always threatening people, like he threatened that female state legislator in Texas who, who mentioned, I'm trying to remember what it was. It, it was a bill that was in some way trying to stop the wall. And then he said in the sheriff's breakfast, he was probably you know, somewhat pandering to the sheriff's, I'll, I'll destroy her career. This kind of thing, really vindictive, um, small, you know, it's mean spirited, and and also he, he disinherited his, let's see, what would it be, his his brothers, his his nephew who was extremely ill and having seizures, and he cut him out of the will, his father's will, and endangered the child's life. Okay, I just read about that. There's stuff. There's stuff. What's
3: going on. Wait a minute. Well, we've got some reverb there, or some. You got the DD? you there yeah okay okay anyway uh,
0: we got it trump 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 has done some things and that's the kind of thing and it, it's bullying people that kind of thing bullying narcissistic you know this sort of thing so on, on one hand he's got he's, he's good-hearted in a number of ways he, he tends to be very tribal he everything has to be done through his family or people he knows like he, he's not going to trust you just because you walk through the door you, you have to be known to him you have to prove yourself and if you cross him in any way or question him, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes if he's in a bad mood, you're off his list and you're not, you'll never, he'll never speak to you again. And there's mm-hmm. many, many instances of this, like the whole, you, you, you know, I'm the apprentice, you're fired sort of thing. Yeah. So, so he's got these two sides. And, and then the gray area is like having, having to deal with things like the Dakota Access Pipeline so he's got all these, and, 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 and the other side of this, and I, I totally get this other side, you've got the snowflakes who are having meltdowns, which is not a good idea for snowflakes because it can be fatal, but anyway, you have all these people on the, on the left side of the political spectrum yelling and screaming, they're in hysterics, they're in, in all these um, demonstrations, supposedly, for example, the Pussy March that was supposedly on, honoring the goddess energy, and I thought it totally dishonored the goddess energy because it was very angry, vengeful. And it, it kind of mirrored the type of thing Trump was doing. So you've got these, you've got these two sides. And, and I totally get though there are certain things that I think are silly and hysterical, like the, the Pussy March. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having some fun with that. Um, I didn't, I didn't see anything that intelligent about it. There was some uh, black woman who was a felon who was up there, Madonna, and I mean these are the people you want, want honoring the goddess energy, you know whatever, you know. Um, so, I, so, I, so that sort of thing is silly. Uh, these riots that are Soros-funded you know, that, that were happening in Seattle, you know, nearby here, <clears throat> there was a demonstration in Olympia, Portland, Los Angeles, and there was violence. The, the, those black bloc provocateurs who come in there have been hired by Trump, and, and we've actually found, maybe you saw them, some of you, because you're more sophisticated on this call, there were like Craigslist advertisements,
1: they princesses. were hired by Soros. They were hired by Soros, not Trump. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, you and, they, Trump. and it's all coming <laughs> the
0: 56 of the organizations involved in the the Pussy March were all quote Soros partners that were funded by certain of the Soros foundations, so it's evident that he's, he people are that are are trying to maintain the status quo are terrified of Trump, and those who are corrupt in the in the U.S. government, like the whole Congress, practically. They're out to get him. So to me, in a way, that's a recommendation that he, he does have something going for him. If he would if he, if he would start stop doing stupid shit. I'm sorry I'm being direct, but he says and does some stupid shit. If he would stop doing this and act more maturely, it, a lot of this a, a lot of this rancor could be bypassed, such as here's a perfect example is the is the Dakota Access Pipeline. Alright? So Trump already has a, had a, has a penumbra, a shadow around his part in this because he has investments evidently, and maybe he divested himself supposedly, but he had some sort of investment in the DAPL and then the, and I'm forgetting the name of the one on the Atlantic coast <clears throat> but he's got business interests in these pipelines all right he's arguing rationally, and I, I totally get this, so this is on trump's side that we, we don 't have right now, in spite of the snowflakes and the and the people subscribing to climate, the climate agenda and all this agenda twenty one that we we can all go suddenly
3: to renewables,
0: and that 's very nice, although I think the renewables they 've got you know solar and uh, wind and all this are Mickey Mouse compared to free zero point energy, but they they 're they're too afraid of going to the conspiracy part of it to find out about. <laughs> that we've had the free energy discovered for over 100 years has been suppressed, but they don't want to look at that, so they're yelling and screaming about wind and all, you know, solar and all this that aren't going to be able to replace the oil at the moment. So Trump rationally is advocating for the pipelines because they're far, and I'll testify to this because I'm right in the path of them here in Olympia and, and when I was in Seattle, even more so in Seattle, when I lived right above the Pike Place Market on the water which has a century-old tunnel going right underneath the Pike Place Market, and I was living right in the blast zone of the crude oil bomb trains that destroyed the village um, in Quebec four years ago. So, 55 people, or 56 people were killed. And that, that would be the same scenario if something blew up underneath the Pike Place Market, right, and the, all the Pioneer Square and all the areas around it where I was living. So, I, I get that. It, the pipelines, despite the oil spills and all that, are that's, that's safer nominally than having a whole area eradicated by an explosion. It, it's kind of like the devil in the deep blue sea, but, you know, it, it is nominally better. And Trump also said something intelligent where he said, we'll build the pipeline with American steel, not Chinese. Cheap steel, which is what they've been building them with lately, you know, probably for the past 20 years. He said, we'll build it like the um, Alaska Pipeline that was built 50, over 50 years ago where there has not been one leak. And he's right. You never hear anything about the Alaska Pipeline. Why? Because there's never been a, a problem with the Alaska Pipeline. It doesn't leak. So the biggest problem with, the oil, with, these, with these pipelines, and I'm not thrilled because I wish they'd leave the oil on the earth and we go on to free energy, but that being said, the pipelines, if they were properly built, even the one, and I, don't, I think it's, it's absolutely insane to put it under that Lake Oahu right near the tribal lands but if it were built correctly with the American steel like the Trans-Alaska Pipeline there actually would not be a problem with it all right? so Trump already knows that this is a massive hornet's nest and you've got all these environmentalists you've got the veterans which whom he supposedly honors you know, and has been going out of his way you know, to tout the veterans and you know, have them march in, in, in his inaugural parade like tons of them, etc. So he's got the veterans and the tribal people and then thousands of people throughout the world, hundreds of thousands, or, ten, or maybe there's a couple million people following this around the world, including tribal peoples throughout the world. And, and so this is like a really, really touchy thing, and, and, and it could go either way, and you have to be careful with it. So he, he said he would do this. Then, you, and here's, here's the other side of it, David Archibald, who is the head of the tribal nation of the Standing Rock Sioux, was supposed to go, go to Washington, which he did. He was in Washington to have a meeting with some of the Trump administra- administration officials. I don't know who it was. I don't think it was Trump himself, but it might have been some people close to him. All right, so he's there in Washington. He's on his way to go to this meeting with the, the administration officials. And then all of a sudden, he heard it on the radio in the taxi. He heard it on his smartphone. I mean, I don't know. He heard that Trump had given the order to, to reinstate the building of the pipeline without uh, the, the Army Corps of Engineers properly doing an EIS, and he went ballistic. And then he cut off. He said, "Take me back to the airport." He didn't even bother to meet with the Trump officials. He got so angry. And here's here we go again with people with all the the cosmic energy coming in right now with that's further confusing things. Uh, that's that's like purging us of all this neg- neg- negativity that on a level that's never been seen on Earth before, maybe in the whole universe. People are acting crazy. They're not thinking rationally. So he had to, you know, um, get on a tear and then get on a plane because of the tear and go back to hit the reservation, and he never talked to Trump or his, or his people. Therefore, Trump, in some of these great tweets that Trump always provocatively puts out there further inflaming things, said that nobody, he never heard anything from the tribal officials, that this wouldn't be okay. So this may be partially true because Archambault. he probably knew Archambault was supposed to meet with somebody, in his administration, but Archimbeau didn't do it. So Archimbeau didn't keep his word because he got pissed, and then Trump can, can say that, but I personally, I, I think that's disingenuous because I, I think Trump should have had a whole group of them come to the White House and done negotiation like he, like he said. So I, we may not know the full story on it, but if Trump would do negotiating and listen to people and let them know he's really listening to them, there, there's ways this could have been solved short of, of, of re- resurrecting Nikola Tesla and, and getting free energy right away, which probably is not feasible because we haven't gotten rid of the parasitical cabal. It's still, very, it's still here. It's, it's diminishing, but it's still here, and it still can be very dangerous. So, so that, there's an example that's a gray area where there's definitely two sides to this. I totally get why the environmentalists are upset, why we keep raping the earth soil, and it's a renewable resource, it's not a fossil fuel either, which people have been lied to about that. You, you can see the why all of this is so confusing. There's just so many different sides to all of this. And I tend to have a broad enough mind, and I try to keep my mind open so that I can see more sides of it than most people. And that I hope I'm not confusing you. Maybe your heads are spinning right now, but there's a whole lot to this. So my take on Trump is he needs, I'm sorry, I'm going to be blunt, he needs to shut the fuck up. And listen to people. Mm-hmm. Stop the tweets. He needs he needs to think before he does things. He, it's okay to do the tweets, but he needs to think carefully, and and take his foot out of his mouth before he uses it. And and he has not been doing this. So th- this is this is what I'm saying. And and, and the danger here is not only he, is he in danger because he's he's feared because he represents the boogeyman of change, including in the European countries where he can't speak in parliament and all this. But if he gets too people, too many people upset at, with with saying stupid shit, then he's going to he's going to get the military very angry, who has been backing him, and and people in, and certain people in Congress, I don't think there's very many who've been backing him, and people you know in the FBI and so forth, and the law enforcement, and they'll probably uh, impeach him because he's going to be a liability if he keeps doing this and inflaming things. It's already bad enough where where, where there's. <laughs> A danger, an actual danger of civil war happening with all the, you know, the uh, manipulations going on and so forth that we just that we I just mentioned, and then on top of this, Trump insists on on pouring oil on the fire, literally. So we we can have a discussion about this. I'm happy to you know give the floor and, and people can ask questions or say some things and then I can respond. But but that's what I'm seeing, and I think there's there's great potential here for something positive to happen, but not if Trump doesn't start reining himself in and acting in a more mature manner.
3: That's that's my take on it. Rebecca, in the last few days, there's also been some reports, uh, undisclosed but posted on 4chan reports from FBI officials, that uh-huh. they're going to open up these pedophilia investigations and that that, that a whole group of, of leading uh, politicians could be caught in the dragnet here.
0: I know. I've been I've I've been carefully tracking Pizzagate and I think Melinda sees how that will, you know, fit in with what she has been dealing with John Bene Ramsey because hers that case is a subset essentially of this case and the whole pedophile network worldwide. But anyway, um yes, I'm I I am aware of this and um I would say if it doesn't happen immediately like right, right, right when they say it's going to happen, it's happening either secretly, you know, behind the scenes, or they're waiting strategically so that they can get things passed through Congress. Like you notice that the votes and sessions, despite the fact they squeaked by, and they had tremendous opposition, including all the absurdities with Elizabeth Warren. And, and if you track that, it was ridiculous. Pocahontas was made a fool of herself. Um, but anyway, they they were doing all these things to try to stop them. And notice, they did squeak by by several votes, both of them. And this could have been because the FBI has all this stuff on all of them in the Congress, many of whom are pedophiles. And the, and the, and that last um, discussion on 4chan, this source who came out in July as well and first broke the story that they got the Huma Abedin Weiner computer The laptop computer with all the 650,000 extremely uh, damning emails and such and pictures and so forth, this same source, you know, said that this might be imminent, but he sort of implied that if it didn't happen, they were probably waiting strategically, hanging it over these clowns' head in Congress. Oh, he also said that about one-third of the entire U.S. government are pedophiles or they're implicated in this at least one-third. So anyway, they're hanging it over these Congress members' heads to make sure <coughs> that the key people who need to get in there to implement some of the things we're talking about get in there, including the military people who actually, I, in spite of the fact we're seeing this other stuff, like Trump, oh, the other aspect here is Trump, because he's dealt with with, the, with the, uh, Zionist mobsters, he may owe them favors, and that could be why he's pushing war with Iran why he's favoring Israel against um, the Palestinians when when all the evidence shows that there's been massive war crimes committed committed against the Palestinians in spite of that though the 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 military men who who came in know about war firsthand they're less likely like to be like Bush Cheney on all these hawks, uh, when they were what would call chicken hawks because they have firsthand a knowledge and understanding of war, and they don't want to put their, their, their soldiers and, and, and troops in harm's way, particularly Mattis, who is very beloved, apparently, by his, by his former troops. So, so, there's, so there's positive things in this, but again, if Trump is, is taken down by his own folly, such as what I've, I've been discussing, I guess Pence could step in there and, and there, there there could be a workaround, but he, it's, he just it, Trump is is making it more difficult and complicating matters and maybe postponing what needs to happen, which would include these seventy arrests and I, If some of the people here did not read that or or see a summary of it the the uh, FBI source gave a hint as to who some of the key people would be. And, and I, maybe Fred and Dee Dee and several people saw it, but they were uh, Charles Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Barney Frank. The, you know, some of the key people who have been in Congress were, you know, they were, oh, John McCain, they, uh, they were going to go after him as pedophiles. Oh, Diane Feinstein was another one. So anyway, it, 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 all this is very exciting, and this could bring the, the transformative change we need to happen to get rid of the globalist cabal but Trump is going to make it much more difficult if he doesn't stop the immature, childish, bullying, narcissistic type behavior.
4: Rebecca. Yeah. Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, this is Steve. Were you aware of the ruling, which was two hours ago, of the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw I, that. Yeah, it was uh, unanimous three to nothing. I didn't know if you were aware of that. Okay. Thanks. Yes,
0: yeah, and, and again, this looks to me like more manipulation, because again, and you all here are probably aware of it, but and I I made it a point to put this all over Facebook for the liberal, particularly the liberal and and left leaning groups, <coughs> because they're the ones who don't get this. It was a really great YouTube, and and it was called, uh, presidents former presidents Clinton and Obama back, Trump's um, immigration order or immigration ban, and and. It, yeah. It shows, if some of you have probably seen this, the, the video of Clinton making an address in like 1996 yeah, and Obama yeah. several years ago.
3: And did. Like, Trump, Trump's saying nothing. <laughs>
0: well, he's, he's smiling and, and, you know, smiling and, and like kind of self-satisfiedly because they're even, and, and Obama and Clinton, their words are like a script. They're doing it word for word. Trump's actually, to his favor, or wasn't word for word of the script, but you could tell that this had been an agenda in the past. And, and they were saying the same thing, and not one of these liberals opened their mouths about any of this until Trump said it, and none of the liberals, and this was a really good point made by, by key people all over the world, nobody in America, was, especially the liberals, were opening their mouths when, when millions of people were being killed in Libya, in Syria, and all these seven countries that the U.S. invaded under Obama and, and Bush. Mm-hmm. So, well, they did, they did more with Iraq at the beginning. But anyway, for the most part, since Obama came in, you didn't hear anything from these people. Then all of a sudden they're trying to defend all these people coming in and probably these, these liberals, and there's a ton of them in my neck of the woods in western Washington near Seattle and Olympia. I'll make you bet, they, you know, they, Americans are very provincial. I'll make you bet they've done no research and have no background whatsoever about what's been happening in
4: Europe. Well, and Rebecca, the overruns, how, how Rebecca, they haven't been able to get these so- called sovereignty. Yeah, Rebecca, this guy, this guy in Washington, the judge, he was a liberal, the one that uh, uh, put the scoff to the to the uh, um, the ban. Was, was he was he a liberal? The judge in Washington, I thought he was conservative. Um, uh,
0: the judge I happen to know well because he, he actually I like him personally, which is interesting. It's all, uh, this is an I'll, I'll be brief, but it's an interesting reference. His name is uh, Judge J- Federal Judge James, James Robart R O B A R T, like it sounds. And he's actually a nice person, and
4: but he's liberal. Um, he actually he, was the he, one, and you have heard me speak of this. He's He's a liberal. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Okay, I, I, was, I thought he was conservative, but he was humanitarian
0: liberal, and he actually goes out on the streets and helps homeless people and this sort of thing. And I, my impression is <clears throat> this is real. And he's had two cases in front of him wh- that I know of. Uh, one of them was a, a colleague of mine that dealt with the, um, the murder of the 500,000 children in Iraq through the sanctions and, and uh, going after the Bush administration and uh, Bush 1 and Madeline Albright and Clinton, and the Clinton administration particularly, and Madeline Albright about that. They were the defendants, and Robart uh, backed him in this and did everything he could to try to keep it in the court, and then it ultimately got dismissed because, and this is what they always do, they tell you, you don't have standing anymore to file public interest cases on behalf of your fellow Americans. The second case was my case, Campbell versus the United States, which was to stop through exposing the, the planned bioweaponized um, vac- uh, H1N1 vaccinations that were going to actually cause a, a pandemic and, and max, mass toxification and many deaths in America through, through the forced vaccinations. And I had laid out all the steps that they had taken and all the machinations, and I had, I had a lot of evidence in the case, and Robart did everything he could. Like when he would write back to me, it, we, it never re- reached the court because the same thing happened. I got, it got dismissed for lack of standing, but I could tell he was trying to help me. He was impressed with what I was doing. He liked the way I wrote. The fact that I was a pro se, but I was keeping up with the with the the, the federal federal attorneys, U.S. attorneys, and and out outthinking them and writing them. And so he kept giving me hints, you know, in in what he wrote as to how I could keep the case alive. And I did keep it alive for eight months, the longest of any of the cases that were filed to stop the forced vaccinations, the planned forced vaccinations. Uh, from the UN, the World Health Organization, and the Bush administration that had signed the treaties with the UN. So anyway, um, Robart's a good person. But I don't I don't know if I agree with him on this. But Trump, again, not abusive and called him the so-called judge and he has to be really, you know, diminish other people just because he has a difference of opinion. So again, here we have, and I, I didn't hear Robart, because <clears throat> Robart's a pretty spiritually developed person, Uh, come back at Trump I I don't know about you I didn't hear Robart make a bunch of of derogatory comments about Trump or anything he just kept a very dignified silence so here's another example of this sort of thing and and I I understand why people would be standing up for the for the immigrants on the other hand though why didn't people stand up for the immigrants before they had to come over to this country fleeing from theirs because of of what we did to their country so you can see mass insanity um, people be, are being purged of their of their shadow sides and, and their hidden evil within themselves and and their unwillingness to really look at things. I, I just see massive purging before the light comes to the planet. So if you're looking at the bigger picture, this sounds strange to say it's actually very positive in the bigger picture, like like a, a liquefied uh, chrysalis, you know chrysalis filled with the, with, the, with the liquefied caterpillar before it turns into a butterfly. That's what this earth, earth is like right now. And it's very ugly. It's very unpleasant to be even around people right now. But this has got to happen. And I just wish we had more mature people, you know, in positions of, of, of power right now because they're making it much more difficult than it needs to be because of the sort of thing we're talking about.
3: Keep going. <laughs> i which well, did that? Yes, I had to, I had to unmute myself, but I, I'm i got, I'm in a room. huh. There's music playing at this Burger King. I gotta unmute myself. Oh, all right. I see what
0: you're saying. I'm happy. D- does anyone else want to make some comments? I mean, there, well, this I is a very say, rich.
1: I was gonna say something to you about what you were saying about the planet, which is my worldview too about what's happening in the change, and that's why yeah. it's so it's so significant that trump is so different you know that he is so completely out of the box you know and on, on this whole other thing the good bad and the ugly is like you're saying you know so in a way he is representative of these changes we're going through because changes are happening and i'm with you he's a as catalyst.
0: a catalyst he, he's what a catalyst.
1: Yeah, he's a catalyst, exactly. And, of course, there's going to be a lot of controversy. I mean, this is how much controversy we've all had since we started having a voice. I mean, I'm always in trouble with somebody. But, oh, know,
0: hey, I, I totally get that, Dee. Dee.
1: Yeah, fact, so,
0: yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, when I think I'm going through things, I just look at what Trump's going through right now. <laughs> it puts it in perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah, really. I mean and and so these changes are gonna be shocking in so many ways and so many levels. And who yeah, but I, I see what you say because the energies are very anxious and people are frustrated and there's all this apprehension apprehension mm-hmm. that's it's palatable and, and a lot of people they don't most people don't do their homework. That's what I've discovered. They don't look behind the curtain, they don't go a deeper into the issue to actually understand it, you know, because like the Standing Rock thing, the leaders well, there were just begging for the authorities to come in and, 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 and do rule of law because all these people that had come in were polluting the water, which is what they were there to try to avoid. But so many people came in from all over the, you know, the world, the United States, camp there, but it was causing a real problem. They were, they were fighting amongst themselves. They were polluting the river. You know, they were throwing garbage all over, and, and the tribes yep. were going, now we need some help here. Come in and help us with this, you know. But that never surfaces in a conversation about the rights. It's all their victims. Well, they're not victims. They were asking for help with a lot of this, but people don't even know about that. You know, they don't look at that. I, and that's I can verify you. that
0: because a co- an activist colleague from Seattle that I met with extensively two years ago in a small group, and, we, and they, they, they were more into the climate change thing, but they were much more open-minded. And they got smart meters, which was amazing. Most of the people were into the climate change agenda and don't see the whole picture with that. They are automatically into the transhumanist thing, but these people weren't, which was, yeah. which was great. So I was able to talk to them as an independent. And this woman, one, one of them, who's a very broad spectrum, she actually just went to Standing Rock, and I just read her reports today, and she was mentioning pretty much the same things that you were, Didi, that, it, again, it's really confusing, multifaceted. It has all these different things, and there's evidence that some of the tribal officials were selling the people out, the veterans are getting back involved, so that's going to be interesting, how Trump deals with that with his touting of the veterans. Is he going to send police in there to beat up the veterans after he said he respected them? And, and, and how does he, he, he justify
3: <clears throat>
0: whether or not how Archambault kept his head and met with them, especially if he's got the taint of business interests, disregarding, as it's been going on for several hundred years now, the, the indigenous peoples of, of our country. So again, like it's a huge conundrum, and, and as far as I can see, the only way out is to have the broader perspective of love and compassion. And that doesn't mean you, you let people walk all over you or you don't hold people accountable. Because I don't see, given what's been happening on this planet, how not holding people accountable has been merciful or kind or compassionate. Yeah. I don't see how, people, how, how you're going to heal anything if you, if you don't start stating what the problem is identifying the problem so you can begin to heal it, and you can't begin to heal it if you don't start holding yourself and others accountable. And everybody, even myself, who, and I've, I've tried for many years to stay out of the system as much as I possibly can, to try to, to, to live in a, in a really spiritual manner, but, but not just meditate and so forth and pray in, in, a, in a monastery, although I did that much earlier. But, um, but even, even then, I, I was very much involved in service in active service. So, so I've tried to do this, but even I, no matter what you do, if you're living in this society, especially the Western so-called you know, developed nations, you're implicated in this. And people, most people are, more, are probably more implicated than myself because they haven't really tried to wake up. They just keep, that, 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 what there's, on the one hand, you have the globalist cabal, the, the controllers who have done systemic evil. On the other hand, you have the sheeple who've allowed it to happen. They, they've given over their consent, their passive consent, because they didn't say we do not consent, and so the and so the controllers can and, and of course this is part of their deception, and they know better than this. They believe that they could go ahead and do it. They didn't really believe it, but that's what they're saying because we didn't say anything. Meanwhile, they didn't tell us, so how would we be able to you know say we don't consent?
1: Anyway, well, that's a that's a good example, I and mean, I, I think back on the Sixteenth Amendment, you know, I was. Had to have with my sister about this issue, and she's well. The Sixteenth Amendment was ratified. Well, yeah, the part that said that everybody would pay the taxes after the War of Northern Aggression became, you know, then then yes, they were supposed to, it was supposed to be a temporary measure, and it was ratified. But when they tried to make it a permanent measure, it was ratified by only two states, so it never became rule of law. But you can't right. tell anybody that, you know. And it's like a, a Bush. Uh, uh, Trump and his, uh, the, the Roe versus Wade. Well, that decision was made by, by uh, Supreme Court judges. The pro-choice people had no say in it whatsoever. The pro-life uh-huh. people got what they wanted and that, that's the way it went. But now people are going, oh, he's going to end Roe versus Wade. No, he said three times that I've heard him. It's going to be uh-huh. up to the states, which uh-huh. means get off your butt, get into your state, petition, educate yourself, educate your fellow men, and fight for what you want and what you believe in. But nobody heard, hears that. Nobody has heard that that he says it's up to the state. Now, if he'd have said, "Listen, folks, this is the Tenth Amendment: people first, state next, and then servant government," but he doesn't say the Tenth Amendment because the "We the People" thing is on the, you know, the the bad list of of the the worst proc- proc- provocateurs, according to them, the powers that were in every state. You know, so so this is a, a catch twenty two thing. This is that that. You know, flip side. You know, it's clarity. He says the right thing. It's up to the states, but it's up to the people in the states. You know, but they're not I, hearing I, that. And you and you can. You they're can not hearing it. it and, yeah, and so
0: you can lay you you lay the actual evidence, like I laid in front of all these liberals that were yelling and screaming about the quote Muslim ban, which it wasn't. And then you you lay the evidence of of actual video evidence of Clinton and Obama saying the same thing, thing as Trump, with Trump kind of comically, you know, interspersed there. And it's actually funny, so it should have worked, but they won't even look at it. It doesn't make a dent at all. Another woman was talking about, and I know this woman personally, um, she's from near Portland, and, and she was talking about how honored she was to sit in the same seat, or next to, in the, in the I guess in the first class section, of, with Madeline Albright. And she thought this mm. was so great. And then all of her wealthy white liberal friends, women mostly, were saying, oh, that was such an honor. She's such a, a fantastic person. So I did a comp- quickly got some of my archived materials, created a compilation about Madeleine Albright being a war criminal, and I put all the evidence out there. And I even had Amy Goodman and some of these liberal you know, ex- exemplars that were actually challenging Albright at least a decade ago, and you know, uh, CBS 60 Minutes. And I mean, these are all liberal corporate media that are, are supposed to have, you know, um, um, credibility with, with liberals. And I went ahead and put that in the comment section, you know, right underneath what this woman said. And, like, everybody ignored it. I put the evidence there. There wasn't one comment on it. So, so there's so much mind control through all the confusion that's been, been deliberately created, plus all the energy coming in that's overwhelming to people, that they're not thinking clearly, and, and the evidence doesn't – I mean, some people it will – but a lot of people, you can't get through to them at all right now.
1: So true. And then,
0: and then the election was a distraction, in my opinion. The Super Bowl, you have all these different things that are concocted reaction. The false flags, the debt slavery system where everybody has to do all this fake work, you know, that's about ready to be robotized, at least what they're planning. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what's planned. Anyway, people, if they have to wake up and they have to stop being led around. Or thinking that one person, like Trump, is going to be able, you know, to to solve everything for them. So there's, you can see that there's plenty of accountability <laughs> to go go around here, and 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 a whole lot of the the regular people don't want to look at their own part in this whole thing, which is which is a huge part of the problem.
1: Yeah, it is very confusing. Uh, should we see if anyone else yeah. has a comment? Yeah, yeah,
3: just a couple. Anybody else? And then we're going to have to move on to. Uh, Melinda, any comments or questions for
1: Rebecca?
5: Uh, Yes. Uh, Can you hear me?
3: Yeah. Yeah, go ahead.
5: This is Allie, and I am a sister Leo to Rebecca, and I owe a gratitude of thanks to her and how she helped me through uh, my uh, some of my 12 years as an elected official and uh, taking information on the KFER scam and other things uh, uh, to the appropriate uh, uh, officials and government agencies, elected officials, and uh, uh, well, they made sure I was voted out of office because they didn't like what I was telling them. But, but I, I want to, and, and Rebecca. Could say whatever she wanted about me and what she knows because I have so many stories to tell but I have a question uh, and a statement about Trump and going back to the, the Dapple uh, pipeline uh, knowing as a, a water commissioner as I was all about pipes and, and projects as there's only a mile and a half left at Dapple to connect this pipeline and Trump is saying oh we're going to use U.S. steel um, I think he lied to us because with a project of that size and that small of completion left, they probably have that pipe already there from China. Uh, any comments on that, Rebecca?
0: That occurred to me. Um, it concerns me because, of, because if, if they're about ready to ram it through like that and have it done within a month or two, I don't see where they would have, would have had remotely the time to get the actual so-called American steel that Trump had promised. So, like I said, there's many sides to this, and I would agree with you. I, 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 I think it's highly dangerous because they're, because of the way they're doing it and not going through the environmental review or anything. There's a much higher chance that they're using the cheap Chinese steel, and that, of course, up, ups the chance for environmental disaster where the, where the water supply for the, for the Indian reservation is destroyed. And, that, and you can imagine what's going to happen if that happens, especially with the volatility right now and the fact that Trump and everybody else
3: was warned about it. So thank, it's thank, another thank, example. Yeah. Th- thank you, ma'am. A- anybody else? And we're going to have to wrap this first First out. Rebecca, you do such a great job. Uh, you love to research and document and, and, uh, and connect these dots. You know, just the, your ability to connect holistically uh, across a wide swath and logically bring things together in a, in a, in a conversational style is, is is to be commended. Thank you so much. My pleasure. you Thank you. Yeah. I don't know if you're wearing that hat, but we love the hat you wear in the picture. (laughs) Are you, did you ever, let me quickly ask a question. Did you ever get, the one,
0: Rebecca, on the computer, and we're able to open that, or did you have to, you, 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 or you, did you have to use the
3: tribute to Fresh Kills? No, Steve had the picture from the last time. <clears throat> we, we've used the same picture. Rebecca
0: from uh, tribute to Fresh Kills. All right, I have another one I'm going to try to send you, but I've got to talk to my webmaster. Oh, the last thing I'll say quickly, my, my new website is about ready to come online. And when it comes online... I will notify everybody, and and you can start using it because it's very, as you can imagine, it's very broad spectrum, and I think you'll be impressed with it.
1: Oh, great! That sounds good. Thanks, Rebecca, again for being there. We sure appreciate you coming in and talking with us. And I haven't got to see you lately, but uh, maybe maybe making a trip to Olympia since the weather clears. I've Got some art up there that's being given to me. I'm going to pick up because I have somebody that wants to buy it. So uh, I'll let you know if I come up there.
0: All right, vice versa. If I'm somewhere near Portland, um, and yeah. I probably will be in the next few months, I'll I'm going to call you and let you know.
1: Okay, good. I'd love to see you. I do again. it for
0: you, Fred, but I. You, it always seems very dicey when you're here. So. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm I'm coming up there for my mother's birthday uh, at the end of the month.
0: All right, I, uh, we can try to, to meet again, but I
3: won't hold my breath. Okay. <laughs> I know. my mom monopolizes my time. I know. <laughs> no, well, there, there were some
0: bizarre things that happened a couple of years ago. It was un- absolutely stunning.
3: Oh yeah. Remember
0: that you told me about that.
3: <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. try
0: it, but I won't. I'll I'll let it go if it doesn't work out. Okay. All
3: right. <laughs> All right, thank you Rebecca again. Melinda, you're in the in the wings. She is still there? Melinda Kula.
6: Yes, I am. I was absolutely mesmerized by Rebecca's knowledge and on areas that I absolutely agree with. So bravo to you, my dearest friend. Bravo. Thank you. <laughs>
3: We've got some we've got some kick ass women on this call. <laughs> Look out, gentlemen! The ladies are coming.
0: Oh, we're exactly. here. And it's not the pussy march either.
5: No, it's the goddess review. Yeah, busy no, here.
3: Uh,
5: yes, and if you don't know, uh, John Gray has a new book out called Beyond Venus, uh, Venus and Mars.
3: <laughs> oh, <good. laughs>
5: well, right. it's an interesting book because he talks about how uh, they do program us all using our endocrine, testosterone, do- dopamine uh, it, it, it's it's quite revealing, he was a guest on Coast to Coast the other night and it blew my mind oh my god so oh, yeah
1: great, thank you
3: okay, M- Melinda uh, you have put a target on this guy, Bill Ramsey. And the way you described, you've been on this call several times. It is so logical. It is so natural to connect the dots to this guy. And nobody's touching him. He seems to have his own uh, 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 blessed lease on life. For some reason, he, he's able to move about the world, uh, find income, find places to stay, disappear, and then reappear. And, and uh, you've got so much documentation on this guy. Uh, where is he now? It sounds like he disappeared the last time and now he's resurfaced and you're still hot on the trail.
6: My dearest, when I pass on and go before God, I am going to ask him to send me back to planet earth in the form of a German shepherd <laughs> because I have a dog. She's a German shepherd and they had the most, fabulous noses they can hunt down anyone and they have the ability to a jump attack and bite the crap out of anybody who's their target now that is what I would really like to do is to come back and do all those wonderful little things I'm sorry Jesus please forgive me to Bill Ramsey because someone has to go after him so that was my prayer to the dear Lord as he chuckled chuckled because he knows I'm a handful he created me This is where that monster is. He's in North Carolina. He's been there for the last two years. But I have been told that your show, as well as the other shows, we use such common sense that they're hoping that we take the common sense about this man and the many connections, and we just string them together like a very well-knit sweater. So if you don't mind, I'd like to do that. May I do that?
3: Absolutely. I was muted. Go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll,
6: I'll, I'll, I'll send, I'll
4: send you okay. the, I'll, I'll the link, Melinda, as soon as tonight's calls over, but you absolutely can. Sure.
6: Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Now here's here, here. Let us begin. We are we are attempting, and this is most important. And I have been, let's say, mildly attacked because I had not done this. So I'm going to string everything together, weave it, and in the end, we, you, and I, and all the listeners, will have the A to Z of this man, and then each of us will be responsible to do with that information whatever the prompting of the holy spirit guides us to do and in some cases it may simply be to pray for those who have died needlessly like john benet and her mom so here we go a helpless a defenseless 6-year-old child named john benet was brutally murdered over 20 years ago it was not on December 25th. It was not. It was on December 26, 1996. Why wasn't it on December 25th? It's because a neighbor was woken up. Her name was Melody Staten. She heard a child's bellowing scream, and that took place after midnight, after Christmas. <laughs> on December 26th. So what does that one fact tell us? That tells each and every one of us that this child was alive as of midnight. And shortly thereafter, her life took a turn for the worse. She was stun-gunned. This little six-year-old baby was sexually assaulted. She was corroded. She was struck on the top of her head with such force as to leave an eight and one-half inch long V-shaped skull fracture. There are many weapons out there, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm familiar with the one, only one, that would cause a elongated V-shaped skull fracture. And that, I believe, is the weapon, a wooden karate training sword that caused the fracture to JonBenet's skull. Only this type of weapon would cause a elongated indentation in a child's skull, or anyone else's for that matter, if you were struck on the head. Only a wooden karate training sword would cause it to be V-shaped as that is the shape of the sword. Whether it was the sword, the ornate sword that was found on the wall and disappeared later, in the karate school that Bill Ramsey attended, we will never know until we catch this little snake in the grass. But that is one very strong point as to what would have caused an eight-and-a-half-inch-long V-shaped skull fracture in this poor baby's head. Along with this wooden sword being stolen from the karate school prior to the Christmas vacation, there was the handwriting application by Bill Ramsey, and only that application, Bill Ramsey's application, disappeared simultaneous with the disappearance of this wooden karate training sword. The other applications remained, the one in front of it, the one behind it, the entire file, except this one. It's as though there was premeditation to write a letter and he did not want to leave behind any sample of his handwriting. There is no other reason to remove from your instructor's desk your application to the karate school. The sword, I understand he would have removed it because he coveted it. That sword, that very detailed, hand-painted, hand-carved, unique, one-of-a-kind sword, was his weakness. It is the very thing that's going to help us catch him because of his weakness for wood, any carving whatsoever. And, by the way, that's what he does for a career. I believe Bill Ramsey, who stated that he was the black sheep, Remember, ladies and gentlemen, most family members have someone who feels slighted in a family. But he didn't feel slighted. He felt rage and anger as the black sheep, what he would call himself, of this particular family. This man, Bill Ramsey, who feels he's the black sheep of the family, he had the three things that are necessary to prove a crime. Bill Ramsey had motive. He was extremely jealous of his siblings. Bill Ramsey said, I hate my siblings. I hate my mother. He wasn't talking about Patsy. He was talking about another woman from when Bill Ramsey was at Subic Bay Training Center in the Philippines as a child. And his mother came from that area. And by the way, I can't begin to tell you how many people challenged me on whether or not Subic Bay Training Center ever existed in the Philippines. I received a phone call, coincidentally speaking, from somebody who served in the Navy. This was yesterday. Isn't God wonderful in his timing? This man said, Melinda... I was in the Navy. Subic Bay Training Center did exist. There were women all over the place, and they would throw themselves at the men. Whether the men wanted them or not did not matter. They needed the money. They needed food. They needed money toward shelter for the children that were there, born in that area, and they couldn't get out. So it was the nature of the beast. And, Melinda, I read your website, John Bonet's. TrueCaseHistory.com. I dissected it. He said, I'm an investigator for the Navy. And let me tell you something, all the pieces of the puzzle fit. So I thanked him for just telling me one thing that was important to me. I was never in the Philippines, nor did I see with my own eyes Subic Bay Training Center, which is a stop-off for the various branches of the military. But this man was. That was my blessing. The other thing that you need to prove a crime is you need means and you need opportunity. Bill Ramsey and his two friends, they were out of work. It was construction. That was the nature of their business. It was seasonal business. Bill Ramsey, he didn't work. Not for himself. He worked for Terry. Terry owned the construction company in Manahawka, New Jersey. The three men were well known, Terry, Bill, and Ed Keller. They were very well known amongst the community by the police officers. They were befriended by the police officers. So therefore if the police officers saw any, let's just say, corrupt activities, they wouldn't they wouldn't rat them out, and there's a good reason for that. Because Bill Ramsey prided himself in obtaining other people's secrets so that he could, let's just say, control them. And that seemed to be his M.O. If you got to know him long enough and had the pleasure of, let's just say, being run off the road by him, you learned to know your enemy. I made a point of knowing my enemy, A, because he killed John JonBenet, and B, because he attempted to kill myself and my own daughter. So, this man and his two friends, they had means, they had opportunity. Means, they were all out of work, all three men. The opportunity. Bill Ramsey had a Blackboard Ranger pickup truck. The New Jersey license plate number was, when he ran me off the road, by the way, JJW26D, as in diamond. That was shortly after john benet's murder that is a traceable document for the boulder to police to begin their search for this individual who has 22 links between himself and john benet how hard is it to pull up the dmv records here in new jersey and any police agency can do this especially the fbi and just pull up JJW 26D and see if it matches a Blackboard Ranger pickup truck, New Jersey license plate. The next thing, please remember three alarming incidences pointing directly to Bill Ramsey as the murderer. Bill returned to New Jersey after John Bonet's murder went global, and he did what? He changed the color of his truck from black to red. This new color, this tells me something very important. Bill Ramsey is afraid that while he was visiting his father in Boulder, Colorado, someone may have seen the truck. There is no other reason for him to change the color of the truck. It tells me that even if I had doubts as to how Bill Ramsey traveled from New Jersey to Colorado, murdered this child, and returned back to New New Jersey to do all sorts of weird things afterwards, the fact that he changed the color of the truck tells me it is the truck that he used to drive there. It would probably take him just under 30 hours depending on how many drivers were with him and how often they stopped. But at least one person drove that black Ford Ranger truck. Bill Ramsey is the owner of that truck. Now it's red. But Bill Ramsey did something else. Bill Ramsey, a assumed a new identity. He demanded upon his return and the Ramsey murder is now global, he demanded that his fellow karate students call him his new assumed identity of Larry Roan. R O H N not Bill Roan, Larry Rone. So we have the name change. We have the painted truck. But more than these timely, unusual changes, Bill Ramsey, when questioned by his fellow, his fellow karate students about the dead child found in a basement in Colorado, the men in the karate class, they didn't say John Bonet found in a basement. They didn't say that little Ramsey girl found in the basement. They said, Billy boy, about the dead child found in a basement in Colorado. Are you two related? Bill Ramsey gave himself away with his response and his behavior. He was nervously moving about, left and right, right and left, looking at everyone. And then he bellowed, I don't know no Johnny B. There was absolute silence. Johnny B? That's what he said. Ladies and gentlemen, did any of us know that nickname Jean Benet's parents used for their daughter? While in the privacy of their own home, I didn't, until Mr. John Ramsey and his wife Patty mentioned it in their own book, which they published years later, The Death of Innocence. How did Bill Ramsey know that name, Johnny B., in the very early weeks of this investigation? How did he know that? If there is no other connection or link between John Bennet and Bill Ramsey, none whatsoever, but this one, Johnny B, would that not be enough to entice the curiosity of the authority, no matter what level and no matter what location, to look into This man, Bill Ramsey, because how did he know that name? Unless he's been in the home. Unless he broke bread with the family. Or unless he's been in the home to collect something every Christmas Eve and then get the heck out of Dodge. But he knew that nickname. How did he know? Take a moment to consider the level of hatred, the level of rage that it took to nearly decapitate JonBenet Ramsey. Think about that. Decapitate. This is a six-year-old little baby girl, helpless and defenseless. Seasoned criminologists will tell you that death by strangulation is very, very personal. The murderer wants to look in the eyes of the individual they're killing. There is such rage, there is such hatred that it eats the murderer alive to the point they have to kill that person. They have to. In order to minimize what they're feeling inside for whatever reason that it's there. These seasoned criminologists will also tell you the authorities handling any murder case must look close to home of the murdered victim. Check the alibis of all known family members. Well, here's the trick, ladies and gentlemen. The trick is based around one word, known family members. What about the possibilities of unknown family members? Nobody else may know. That an individual had an affair, as an example, and that affair produced a child, wanted or unwanted, there is now another family member. But the spouse doesn't know, not for a very long time and maybe not forever, will that spouse know that there's another family member out there, unknown to everyone and anyone except the paternal or maternal parent unknown versus known family members. So the authority is saying John didn't do it. Patty didn't do it. Burke didn't do it. The children from the prior marriage didn't do it because they weren't there yet. They were not able to. They were en route to visit mom and dad. So now, ladies and gentlemen, what about these unknown family members? What about secret? family members who show up and here's the big hint hint, who show up every Christmas Eve to retrieve a large sum of money to sustain this Ramsey family member for only one year the Christmas Eve visit would repeat itself the following year the only thing that would change would be the expected amount of the next year's inheritance. You see, that's based on John's bonus check. It changes every year. My husband receives an annual bonus check. It changes every single year. But maybe unlike Patsy, I know every penny that comes and goes in and out of this house. So my husband can't afford to have a mistress unless she pays for him. So with this little bit of humor to lighten everything, I want to talk about Bonnet and that other Santa. JonBenet did say Santa was coming after Christmas, but it was a secret. This secret Santa brought the gift of death for JonBenet. But there was also a doll in the form of a bear, a white bear dressed in a Santa outfit. To this day, they don't know where that doll came from, that gift. They don't know. They checked with their friends. They checked with the neighbors. They checked with their relatives. No one knows where this came from. I, myself, doing this for over 20 years for this particular child, working on my mother and father's murder back in (laughs) Illinois, and a few other murder cases as well. In this particular case, I'm always asked, interestingly enough, the same one question. Is Bill Ramsey related to John Ramsey? And how can, this is laughable, how can I, Melinda Kula, prove that? You have all these links. There's 22 of them between the two Ramseys. That's what I'm told because that is what is true. But how can you, Melinda Kula, prove that Bill Ramsey is related to John Ramsey? Well, you know what? That's a very good question. I'm not taking that question away from whomever feels it needs to be asked. But I am saying this. At what point, ladies and gentlemen, at what point do the police pick up the banner and run with it? At what point do they say they have the badge, they get the paycheck, they're the ones that are trained, they have the credentials, will they say, let us prove if Bill Ramsey and John Ramsey are related? How hard is it for them to do that? That was the next question. Basically, they're asking me, how hard is it for me to do that? I'm not a police officer. That is not my job. However, I am a citizen. I have met this man. I have gone toe-to-toe with this man, Bill Ramsey, on multiple occasions. I'm still alive. He's on the run. Thank you, God, for that favor. It's a big favor. But since I met him and since I know him, And since he made the mistake of running myself off the road when my baby, my own little daughter, was in the car, he has my attention. The worst thing in the world that man can get is my attention because now I am a dog with a bone. And until the police do their job, I will make their life miserable as well as Bill Ramsey. But I'm asking all the listeners to help me do that because this child belongs to each and every one of us. She's not John's child. She's not Patsy's child or Berg's sibling. She is the world's child. She had a future. She had a destiny. And it was taken from her, which, by the way, but for the grace of God, there go I. That probably is the biggest reason that I will never stop hounding Bill Ramsey and the local police for not doing their job because, That could have been my daughter, and then what? And then what? It could be anyone else's daughter because Bill Ramsey's still running free. So let us all think about that. And if there's anything that we can do to hound the authority in any way possible, to make their life miserable so they do their job and earn their paycheck, I'm asking all of us to do that. Because in the Bible it said that a woman went to a judge, and she simply wanted justice, and he refused to give it to her. He was corrupt or lazy, I'm not sure which. The woman kept returning, and he kept saying no. And she returned again and again and again. And do you know what? She did get her justice. Whether he wanted to give it or not, he gave it to make her go away. I am that woman. But each and every one of us can be that woman for the sake of this child. Now let's talk about Bill Ramsey. He... Was aware of the exact amount of John Ramsey's bonus check for that year of John Bonet's death. The amount was such an odd amount—a hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. He was aware of that amount prior to ever leaving New Jersey for his Christmas vacation in nineteen ninety-six. To visit his father and let us not forget to collect his expected $118,000, which he named his inheritance for that year. He knew that amount before he left. Bill Ramsey did own high tech brand footwear, he purchased it brand new prior to the trip to Colorado because Colorado has very rough weather over our own, and he wanted those new high-tech brand footwear to protect him from the ice and snow. Bill Ramsey owned several stun guns, as mentioned in the John case. The high-tech brand is the boot brand or shoe brand that was found in the dust. Only one, only one, ladies and gentlemen. Not two, one print was found in the dust next to John Bennet. That tells me there's only one other place for his second foot. That was on the child because it was found nowhere else. The stun guns that Bill Ramsey had, he had three of them. One was his original gun. He used it on his friend's Doberman Pincher. He did that because he wanted to know how the dog would respond to being hit with a stun gun. Would it yipe and run? Would it yipe and fall? Would it say nothing and fall and not be able to get up? And if one stun did not allow the animal to get up, what about two or three? He practiced use of the stun gun to try to figure out how the animal would respond based on different numbers of hit with this weapon on a helpless, defenseless, dog that belonged to the owner of another school that owner was a pedophile he raped the children in that class that man was Bill Ramsey's instructor until he went to jail for 53 counts of abusing children in his care when that man his name was Scott Razor a.k.a. Tom Yobagi. Yobagi was his fake name. It was his assumed name. Scott Razor is the name he's using while in prison. When that situation ended itself, those students had to go somewhere. We inherited them in Weartown. When we inherited them in Town, all hell broke loose. Because we did not inherit just one person, we inherited three Bill Ramsey and his two friends. Didn't the ransom note mention, my two friends have your daughter? I think it did. Didn't the ransom note mention that John Binet was going to lose her head? Terminology a little different, outcome the same. That nearly happened. Bill Ramsey's experience working at New Jersey's East Coast Shipyards in Ocean County. That experience afforded him the knowledge of tying multiple types of knots, as then used with the galote. Not only that, is that knowledge helped him secure the variety-sized ships and boats to the dock. It was necessary to do it right, or the boat would slip away and he'd be responsible. So please remember, he had the the technology to create the growth. There's another thing about this man. It was discussed that someone had to have very, very strong hands and wrists in order to break what they're calling a paintbrush handle at both ends. The paintbrush handle, as they're calling, is not very long, So to be able to break off each end, you had to grab it in a certain way. But if you did not have the strength in your wrist, I'm not talking your upper arms, I'm talking your wrist, you would not be able to do that. Bill Ramsey had the necessary strength to break a paintbrush handle, as they're calling it, at both ends, because that came from his work as a wood carver. He carved wooden signs for the local businesses across the globe, by the way, because he does have a photo album, which would pretty much track where he has been over certain periods of time. This photo album gives you contact information as to this man's character or lack thereof and maybe the level of danger that other people feel from this man. But this man also carved ornate wood carvings from the side of tree stumps. These carvings, hours upon hours upon hours worth of work. If you go to my Facebook, which is facebook.com, M-L-I-N-D-A period, K-U-L-A period, you can see one of the carvings. Hours upon hours and weeks upon weeks for this, and to be truthful, to give credit where credit is due. It is a magnificent piece of artwork. But this man who hates women, Bill Ramsey, this man who hates children, Bill Ramsey, will only carve men or animals like the eagle, as an example. Men, Native American Indian chief, Native American warrior, Native American medicine man. Not children, not women. His hatred is that deep that he cannot even, even if requested, he cannot carve an Indian woman, a child, playing with a beaver by a stream. He cannot, he will not. He'll tell you that he cannot do them justice. But the fact of the matter is his hatred for both is very, very deep. So, ladies and gentlemen, what's missing here? What is missing? We have named most, if not all, the connections between John Bonet and Bill. We have sent a list of his hangouts here in North Jersey, South Jersey, Ocean County. Some of it happens to include taxidermy shops because he can display his wood carvings there and sell them on consignment. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I do remember that there were, Beaver and I think wolf fur found on John Bonet or her blanket. Well, if you go to a taxidermy and you hang out there, business and you hang out there with the owner to uh, encourage friendship, you do that because you do that because you want to place more of your wood carvings there. That's why you do that. So that would explain if, in fact, there were fur multiple kinds, multiple types, on this child, that would explain it. I gave the authority the three taxidermist businesses in Ocean County. Everything I knew about this man from soup to nuts, including the name and addresses of his two friends, I gave them that. They have chosen to do nothing. So what has happened since then? Within the last two years, we have discovered with a phone call to my home That Bill Ramsey changed his name, it's now Bill Lawrence, as in Lawrence Schiller, perfect murder, perfect town, Roan, R-O-H-N. There is a government document stating that Bill Lawrence Roan has a license, a driver's license, and that driver's license shows up in Leesburg, L-E-A-S-B-U-R-G, North Carolina. Now, true to form, Bill Ramsey is not there. Bill Ramsey left that area when he felt that the feds were on his tail. His words, not mine. And he moved to Roxboro, R-O-X-B-O-R-O, North Carolina. He worked there for a couple of years. He stayed there hidden behind a Victorian home, a very, very, very large Victorian home. He hid his black Ford Ranger truck, which is now red, he camouflaged the truck. That truck is very important to him. He maintained ownership of the truck. He camouflaged the, tru- camouflaged the truck for two years under a tree, a very large tree, and he tarped it. He just recently sold it to someone in that particular area of Roxboro, North Carolina, because he felt like he needed to exit stage right, get out of Dodge, run once again, hide once again. He fancied himself a survivalist, meaning, in his opinion, and it's probably very true on this, he can live anywhere and not be seen. What worries me, his employer, who is a contractor, his name is David, David said he has an arsenal of all sorts of weapons and boxes and boxes of bullets. Where do you think Bill Ramsey, while in North Carolina, specifically recently Roxboro, North Carolina, where do you think that he was posting and making available his wood carvings that are so beautiful of eagles and owls and all sorts of animals, as well as Native American Indians? The Disney theme park, surrounded by children that he hates and parents and grandparents? If that information was not enough to move seven different field offices of the FBI in six different states, with this entire package included, a copy of Bill Ramsey's Ocean County, New Jersey police mugshot. So they have his picture. This is a government-generated document. I didn't make it up. They have a copy of Bill Ramsey under the name William Lawrence Roan, same face, same man. The driver's license is Leesburg, North Carolina. How hard would it be for any local officer, let alone FBI or anyone else in law enforcement, investigators in particular, to hunt down another government-generated document? If you place them side-by-side and if you go on my Facebook, we did that. Actually, one of the other listeners did that for me, and then I added to it to make it smooth transition from one person to the next or at least identification to the next. They have everything they need except this man, Bill Ramsey, who's free to run about. When they receive the information, I believe... The FBI did show up at the contractor's house in Roxboro, North Carolina. I believe that that did happen. Whether or not they picked him up or they were too late, that I don't know. Nor am I going to call them up and ask them how to do their job. I won't do that. I won't offend them. I can only pray they did pick him up because they received the information in a very quick, timely fashion. So if that is the case, all they need are two things to prove Bill Ramsey did this Terrible crime against a six-year-old child. They need his left palm print. That was left behind on the door jamb where she was found, this little girl, on the floor, murdered, along with other assaults to her body. But there's DNA. God bless DNA. Because that DNA is going to connect Bill Ramsey to this crime. And how is he going to explain his DNA being at the crime scene? on Bonet, How's he going to explain that? But I would like to point out one more thing. Since the authority in Boulder had been told repeatedly by multiple people that Bill Ramsey should be picked up and looked at, and he wasn't because Boulder refused to do so, Boulder failed to do so. Why, I don't know. They'll have to work that out with God or the devil, probably God first, devil second. But many other people have died. Bill Ramsey had a girlfriend. She was alive, and then when he returned, she wasn't. Her name is Jennifer. Jennifer had beat marks about the upper part of her body. Jennifer had cigarette burns over her chest and her arm area as though he treated her as a human ashtray. Oh, my God, what kind of an animal does this to his beloved girlfriend? If he can do this to someone he's living with and supposedly loves, what, what wouldn't he do to anyone else? look at how john Binet's body was treated then there was a young man and he was found dead in his apartment and this young man michael helgoth maybe 26 years old if memory serves me correctly he was set up to be the one to get the blame he was found dead therefore case closed nobody would look any further except we did He had a high-tech brand hiking boot in his apartment, pair of boots. They were the wrong size. He had a stun gun, and both items were clearly visible when you entered the apartment of this dead 26-year-old. But this dead 26-year-old did, in fact, tell other people that he was expecting a sum of money for working with someone else to assist in a project that would give the other person more money. A portion, only a small portion, was going to go to Michael Helgoth. The other person was going to receive the lion's share for whatever the task was. And at that point, when he was bragging about, I don't really know what that task was supposed to be. None of us will know. He was found dead. And the authority did try to say he was the murderer because of the high-tech brand boots, But, again, was the wrong size because of the stun gun. But, again, there was no DNA on it. But what about the fact that they said he committed suicide, Michael Helgoth, because he could not stand the thought of what he did, if, in fact, he were the murderer? Well, the fact of the matter is you cannot commit suicide if you are left-handed and the wrong hand has the weapon. That is the only way a very astute investigator realized this man did not commit suicide. This man was murdered. How many other dead people are there because... From the very beginning, Boulder did not want to look at this particular individual. And, oh, by the way, 20 years later, they still don't want to look at him. So we have discovered that there is a larger picture here, a very huge picture here going on behind the scenes. And how we can get to the bottom of it, and I'm going to ask every one of us to look into this, it's very simple. There was a movie out. It was one of the last ones in the series, many, many series, in the month of December and January about this JonBenet killing. It was on multiple channels, different movies, different versions. But one of them was JonBenet, JonBenet's mother, victim or killer. That was on at 10 p.m. on Lifetime. They were reconstructing the life of the beauty queen, Patsy Ramsey. They were basically pointing to this mother, By the way, she's deceased and she can't defend herself. So I find that in itself shameless. But that's what they did. Now, think about something. In order for someone to produce this particular two-hour series, and it was back-to-back with yet another two-hour series, and the two were to point to the fact that Patsy did it or may have done it, was she victim or was she killer, please bear in mind that a very, very wise man who is one of the top attorneys in the country out of Washington, he's so smart. He is also one of the top chief surgeons out of Washington. I communicate with him every single day on an hour and a half to a three-hour conference call about my cases, as well as with Douglas Millar, CEO of Unite for Justice. This goes on every day of my life, Monday through Friday, for a very, very long time. And we talked about this, John JonBenet's mother, victim or killer, And this man, Dr. Melvin J. Laney, said, Melinda, someone paid a very, very large sum of money to produce this film, to advertise this film, and to point to the mother who cannot defend herself. So it is always said in law enforcement, follow the money trail. As a matter of fact, your earlier speaker, Rebecca, mentioned something about the money trail in another matter. So he said, if we can find out who financed, that particular movie through lifetime who financed that who financed the advertisement which was very expensive in the washington post because he received it and sent me a copy who that once we have the answer to who financed that he's betting and so am i by the way it will point to a very very large pedophile ring and that is the thread we all need to pull. Someone paid for that. Someone paid a great deal of money. And he said, out of all the movies he's ever watched in his entire life, and Dr. Melvin J. Laney is, mm, I think he said, 76 years old, lots of movies. Melinda, I've never seen one so well done, so meticulous in pointing to John Bonnet's mother more killer than victim. And, of course, she cannot defend herself. In mind, when we find out who financed that particular show, which was in late January, 10 p.m., on Lifetime Channel, we will then know, is this a matter of a pedophile ring? Is that what's really going on? And Bill Ramsey a part of that? Because, remember, Bill Ramsey attended a karate school in Manahawkin, New Jersey. And that school was owned and operated by Scott Razor, that's his true name, a.k.a. Tom Yobagi. That's his assumed name. And he, that man, Tom Yobagi, molested over 53 children that we know of. His jail sentence was pleaded down to nine. They did not want the children and the children, family members, to go through the trauma of revisiting what had happened to their helpless, defenseless children while in the care of them. Bill Ramsey's friend was that man. Bill Ramsey built a loft, remember he's a carpenter, over the karate school. It's still there today. I went, I looked at it. As a matter of fact, this past weekend. It is still unoccupied since the arrest of Scott Razor, a.k.a. Tom Yobagi. But this is the school where Bill Ramsey came from. This is the type of company he keeps. So is it possible that he's involved in such a ring where he has learned these ways of abusing the body of a child, whether the child's alive or not? I don't know. But all the pieces certainly are looking. We do have people looking into the Lifetime show, John Bonet's Mother, Victim or Killer. We're trying to find out. If anyone can get that information, I would certainly appreciate it, and we will post it. Who financed that particular two-hour show about Patsy and leaned it towards she being the killer? Who did that? Who paid for all the advertisement? Those are the bigger questions. And why won't the Boulder Authority, district attorney or police, don't care which, why won't they earn their paycheck, they said, They pledge to protect and serve the public. They're not doing that. Not in this case. They would rather ignore the many, many, many individuals who are sending them the same information. I'm not the only one. I'm their biggest pain, but I'm not the only one. Multiple people are on the same bandwagon. If you look at the multiple sites of John A, this, John A, that, you will find out they are all asking now the same question. Who is Bill Ramsey? Is he related to John? And where the heck is he? So that's where we're at with this particular case. We are so close, ladies and gentlemen. We're so close. The authority cannot deny the 22 links between John Bonet and Bill Ramsey. They cannot. What are they going to do from this point on? I think that movie about Patricia being the killer or victim, that was their answer to put this all aside, to let us move on to something else. It didn't work.
1: In case
3: Melinda,
6: I know you're going to wrap it up here, but uh, we're talking about
3: Trump and the possibility that the FBI is going to expose these pedophile rings. Uh, is there any way you can reconnect over? I know you've submitted all of this to various, you know, uh, offices of the FBI throughout the country, but especially in light of this, this news that's coming out about Trump investigating pedophile rings, uh, you could be at the tip, at the very forefront of, of something really big here.
6: I received a phone call and it was, it caught me by surprise. I was working actually on the John case and the murder of my mother and father. Um, and the phone rang, and I really thought it was someone else helping me with either one of those cases, and it turned out to be a conversation, conference call, with many, many women. One of them was from Germany, another the Netherlands, another one from Japan. Their children had been taken, little daughters the age of two, two-and-a-half years old, each and every one of them. There was a doctor on the phone, and he gathered all these women together, and other people were on that conference call, and they simply said, Melinda, will you take charge of the pedophile rings being taken down, and I was totally caught off guard um, because my focus is on closer matters. However, I was haunted all night long because I gave them a mission that would allow me to do that as easy as possible possible for so many women, because they all were trying to tell their story at once. I was overwhelmed, to be honest with you. So I, I pulled the brakes, and I said, listen, everyone who's on this conference call, I do not want to listen to each and every one of you and your sad story. We all have a sad story, no disrespect. But what I do want you to do, I want you each to sit down and tell your story as briefly as possible with only the facts. Try to keep your emotions out of it because Mm -hmm. people won't help you then. Just tell me the facts, write it down, send it to me, we will post it. Well, one of them, her name is Gerda. Gerda did, in fact, do that. So when she did, we posted it everywhere, and I asked everyone else to do the same. Within three days, Gerda had unexpectedly, help from so many directions to help her get back her child. I asked her to connect with Emma, who's had her two-and-a-half-year-old stolen, a little girl, and that two-and-a-half-year-old has been missing for another two-and-a-half years. So she's five years old right now, and she was stolen Lord. by a pedophile ring. Now, let me tell you what I learned about that pedophile ring. Emma almost risked her life to get back her baby. She uncovered a very large pedophile ring in her area, and this pedophile ring is being protected and I'm sorry to say this, but it is the truth, by the local police, and the sale of these children was taken place in a local church, and the church, the church was surrounded. She was there. She was in the wooded area. She saw the whole thing. She tried to get in there to get her own child. She could not go to the police to get help because they were the ones surrounding the church to protect the customers and to protect the children from being snatched back by their parents. This is what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. And let me tell you something. Those pedophile rings, they do have my attention. And I will help all of these mothers no matter where they come from. But there must be a plan. And the plan is really very simple. Expose the pedophile's expose the rings where they're at who's in charge when you turn around you put their ugly faces on the internet they have no place to run and therefore they slither away and you break the back of the pedophile rings and then you take that same information and i asked each and every one of them to give it to donald trump
1: yeah. because
6: when and, and, and let's. you talked about Donald Trump. Let me tell you something. Nobody knows this, but I do. Now you all will know. When I said to him online that in Lakewood, New Jersey, 150 elders were being abused by the property manager and the staff, do you know what that man did? That man, within two days, in between letting everyone know that he wanted to be the president and he was campaigning, he went to walk off stage one day. Two days later, and he turned around and stopped and he said, I'm going to protect those elders. That's all he said. I knew who he was talking to. Another time I brought up another matter about the veterans and homelessness and how we ran into so many and they were hungry and they had no place to live and no medical needs. Based on what they were promised, they'd been lied to. So I turned around and gave him the same information online. And do you know what? Two days later during his campaign, he's walking off the stage, and he turned around and he said, and I'm going to take care of veterans as well. So what have I learned from this? Send him the information, and he is looking at it, whether he's doing it directly or his son is or any other member of his team. it is He's paying attention, and he's trying to help in different areas. So... Let us all be careful in our judgment of our new president. And that's the warning I give everyone. I'm not saying he's a saint. Oh, I'm not. So I'm not saying he is either. But I am saying that I, from my own experience, when I sent him information, within two days he jumped on it. But not just for those 150 elders in Lakewood, New Jersey and by the way the management company was fired all the staff except for one was let go except the one that's still there is himself as a maintenance man still abusing the elders so i'll take care of him next but in by way of law by the way but but when we presented something to him, it was dealt with and dealt with quickly. Now, you have all heard what he said in reference to the veterans. He is going to help them, and he's going to give them the things that they need. There's plenty of money that had been denied other sources to other people, to other, let's just say, organizations or groups that Obama had scheduled to exit our financial situation, our monies, taxpayers I'm referring to, Well, he stopped that. Well, if he needs a place to send it, I would love all that money that he he grabbed from Obama, his gift to other people in other countries. I would like to see that go, some of it for the Shriners Hospital, some of it for the veterans. They gave everything for us. We need to give back. And I believe Donald Trump will. So for whatever faults he has, for whatever things he did in the past, it's the past let us give him a chance all of all of us must give him a chance and support him and if he fails if he fails we will deal with it in the end with the next election it's that simple
3: melinda that's been a a, an encapsulated one hour of information about the entire case of Joe a ramsey and this is something that we need to share this encapsulated hour the archive uh, you know, people can listen to Rebecca, which is fine, but direct them to the second hour of what Melinda just encapsulated for us to share with others. Uh, there's enough evidence there, enough things to connect the dots to Bill Ramsey, to this murder, uh, and and something's got to give here. Uh, it, it's it's, it's, too, it's too obvious between the shoes, the check, fact that he removed his application uh, the fact that that that, that uh, pole was missing uh he, he painted the truck uh by the way did he run you down with the red or the black version of the truck
6: black version it was black what he did was and and i want everyone to remember and i'm glad you brought that up fred remember elizabeth The child, John Ramsey's child from the prior marriage, died just a few years earlier during the Christmas New Year holiday in an automobile accident. And when Bill Ramsey came at me in my lane, it was over a very narrow bridge. You could barely have one car going each direction. And he changed lanes from the right lane he should have been going southbound in. Right in front of me, I had no choice but either go over the bridge, because I'm on top of the bridge, or veer off and almost hit the railing that protected me from going in the reservoir, Mm -hmm. and I ended up on someone's lawn. My daughter, little Princess Diana, was with me. And she and another six-year-old, and by the way, they were both six years old. Two little six-year-old girls were with me when this took place. His intention was to kill everyone in my car. Bill Ramsey and I had several run-in. One time, I'm weeding out in front of my property, my dog jumped a six-foot fence, and she was in front of me, I'm on the ground, on my knees, weeding, not paying attention to anybody around me. The dog acted in such a strange way, a violent way, showing her teeth, which she's never done, and I look behind me, there's Bill Ramsey right behind me, and his arms are out as though you're going to choke someone, and Mm. that, that was so quick. Here's the dog. Jumped the fence in front of me, growling. Look look behind to see what it was because I knew it wasn't me. And there he is directly behind me, so Jesus. close. Yes, his hands were in the position of trying to grab my neck from behind and choke me. And I live on a curve. And it's a secluded area. So he could have done that, and no one would have seen, and no one would have stopped him because it's a very heavy wooded lot, trees everywhere. He would have oh. gotten away with it. My dog saved me.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, Melinda, thank you so much for ra- wrapping this up. Uh, I, I We're going to have to have you back to update us periodically on this. But uh, the effect of sharing these archival tapes, uh, as you've said in the past, is having an impact. Uh, you've noticed that the word is getting out about this uh so i know in the past you've covered a whole two hours filled with this information but you covered this in one hour that's a reasonable uh period of time to sit and listen and, and 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 you you get it step by step do you have this written down it's almost like it's it was on the top of your head but man you covered a lot of bases there but kept it very simple very direct
6: I, I I did that and I thank you very much for the opportunity to do so because many people said to me Melinda can you weave us a blanket or a sweater and I'm thinking what on earth are you talking about well I figured it out they wanted me to connect the dots that's all they wanted and I hope that we did that
3: absolutely
6: Melinda this is
4: Steve with you network of uh, uh, this entire Audio broadcast will be up on our website, if not late tonight, tomorrow morning. And, of course, I will, you know, the email I have, I will forward you a copy of this. You're welcome to use and share like you want. But we will have this up on our website.
6: Thank you very, much, very very much, Dee, Dee and Steve and Fred and all of you and Betty. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're, you're making everyone, giving everyone a platform to tell their stories is, in fact, making a difference. And if we can all together convince your listeners to just make phone calls to the district attorney in Boulder as well as the police department, they're still not going to do anything if you have one or two people call, but you know what, if you have a thousand people call, I bet they will. And that's why I,
3: I think there's a sea change going on because of these pedophilia investigations. I think it's going to play right into the hands of, I mean, what, what bigger story case could there be that, that breaks, uh, and, and shines the light on, on, on this mystery of this poor little child's death. And, and so many people have been watching this, researching this for years, uh, but uh, as you probably well know, there are forces that have been impeding and preventing wow. and distracting and limiting the attempt by you and others to get the truth out.
6: Oh, absolutely. But, but there's more people now who are focused across the globe on one <laughs> question. Where's Bill Ramsey? That's all they want to know. So Where's all... Bill
3: Ramsey? That's exactly. Where's yes. Bill Ramsey? Hey Fred.
6: That should, everybody should put
3: that up there on their Facebook, on their blog, on their Twitter account. Where's Bill Ramsey?
6: Exactly. And I thank you for the opportunity to get the information out there because we are a village. That child belongs to each and every one of us, and I really, I, truly believe that.
7: Fred, while okay. Melinda's still here, can I have a Ask a question. Sure,
6: go right
7: ahead. Yep. I want to ask it to Steve, but I want Melinda to hear this because I'd like to hear comments by both of them because this is something that Steve and I discussed. Oh, it's been several years ago. Steve, you there? <laughs> Steve Harris?
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm here, right?
7: What What other time can you think of when children, daughters, even, and the wife, uh, in this case, were murdered, and a movie was made to try to pin it on the father, on the on the parents. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, the uh, the uh, thing about Dr. Jeffrey McDonald and the movie yeah. Fatal Vision, the miniseries. What? I was just thinking about that. She was talking about a. They a, uh, someone came out with a movie to try to make uh, John Bonnet's mother look guilty for this.
4: Yeah, it was Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh, Fatal Vision was the, That's right. the movie, movie portrayed of uh, Jeffrey McDonald, and there was always rumored, the, as he portrayed the woman with the floppy hat, which later was put out with a book much later, and this woman with the floppy hat was uh, a daughter of a colonel that was in Fort Bragg and uh, he's the one that uh, covered that up and there's a lot of drugs that were being being flown into Fort Bragg uh, Air Base uh, that were not going through customs of course and police and things like that so all this was going to expose a, a big operation that was going on so yeah that's you're exactly right right that's that's very true
7: I just wonder perhaps if there was some sort of a ring
4: of uh
7: harming children that was involved with that and then like she said someone had to have a lot of money to come out with a movie. That that's it's, all I just wanted to hear hear what y'all had to say about that.
5: That's
4: a that's a very good analogy and, and you know it makes a good point of what uh Melinda was treading on. You know, where you where you smell smoke there's there's eventually gonna be embers and fire. So that's a very good analogy. <coughs>
6: That, that absolutely is, and I agree, and I believe we can find the answer, we, each and every one of us, and I'll tell you the oddity when I, of, the, of the conference call with Douglas Millar and Dr. Melvin J. Laney. As we are talking about John Bonet's mother, victim, or killer, the lifetime two-hour special, As we were talking about it, I turned on the Internet because they asked me to find out who funded this. Do you know that information was being posted within minutes, within minutes of our initial conversation about it? Because up in the upper right-hand corner it says, when was this information posted? And as we're talking, someone is controlling my computer, not me, someone is controlling my computer and posting the information that they wanted us to have. And when we called the telephone number, it said this number is no longer in service or this number is not in service, never was in service, that sort of nonsense. So when I talked to Dr. Melvin J. Laney, who, by the way, is an expert with computers and programming, along with the other things that he's an expert at, he said, Melinda, he said, Your computer is being controlled by someone else and for this particular purpose and I said well it won't do them any good because if we ask enough people." Someone is going to have a link or a connection to Lifetime, and they're going to be able to find out who financed this, and that's the money trail we need to follow, and it will lead to a pedophile ring. I have no doubt in my mind. The other thing is Bill Ramsey's North Carolina driver's license is a government generated document. The Ocean County Police mugshot here in New Jersey is a government generated document. These documents have different names different addresses but the very same person is that not enough for let us say homeland security to investigate this man if no one else will especially one it has been said by his own employer that he has an arsenal of weapons i don't know i i would think so We just have to move forward in this particular case because I have a feeling that the pedophile rings that are coming down in Washington that are going to be closed and exposed in Hollywood, and I understand Delaware is coming up next, their politicians are going to be looked at. And there's one other state, I can't remember it off the top of my head, that was mentioned on that particular conference call with the mothers losing their little two-and-a-half-year-old babies, by the way, uh, and I hate to bring this up, but one mother said in her trying to take down the pedophile ranks because they had her daughter, she said there is one man that has what is called a standing order, a very, very, very wealthy man who has a standing order for a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl every other week, and the girl never comes back. A standing order. What the hell is going on?
3: Hey, Mo- it's going to be
6: up. Thank you. Yes. We're going to do a
3: wrap on this call, guys. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, a, a, an oldie but a goodie. Pat Riot will be our guest uh, in, in, in next week's call. Uh, thank you again, Melinda, Rebecca, Campbell, if you're still listening. Thank you for the wonderful presentation. Let's pray for justice. Let's pray for the truth to be received and shared and celebrated. To resolve the case of Joe Biney Ramsey's murder, Melinda, thanks again. Thank and you. We'll, Thank we'll you. see you guys all next week. Thank you, Dee Dee. Ray. Thank you, Fred. Steve. Thank everyone. You, Melinda, Rebecca. Thank see all you next you. week.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thank God you, bless. Fred. See well. you guys. Take God care.
3: bless you all. Bye bye. Stay healthy,
1: guys. A U N American I... Underground We're not Network.